Welcome to this latest OSE podcast, which is going to um, accompany our latest Wednesday webinar. This month, we're going to look at the problem of mirror journals, um, which is something you might have come across if you're involved in open access at all, or you've been reading up around Plan S, but what on earth are they? So we're going to look at what they are, why they exist, and why they exist now in early 2019, the different ways that they can actually help them move towards the wider adoption of open access, and the potential problems that they might cause. At the end of the podcast, we'll finish by looking at some of the next steps you can take when you're supporting researchers with decisions about mirror journals. But first off, what on earth are they? So mirror journals are new open access titles, which are created as a mirror image of existing established journal titles. They're published by the same publisher, they've got the same editorial board, the same selection criteria, and they publish the same type of research. The crucial difference is in their business model. So mirror journals are fully open access in contrast to the original journal, which operates under a traditional subscription model. You can spot a mirror journal because it's got a different title and it's a separate ISSN, International Standard Serial Number. And the different title is usually the X at the end. So it'd be like the Journal of Water Research X or World Neurosurgery X, whereas the original journal will obviously not have the X at the end. The whole process of mirror journals is something that's um, being pioneered by Elsevier, the publisher, as a way to offer researchers, so they say, more choice when publishing their work. And other publishers have started to sort of pick up on this model as a potential way forward to open access. In theory, this is going to help address some of the concerns that researchers, publishers and librarians have traditionally had about the open access, um, the hybrid open access publishing model. Under hybrid open access, a publisher offers a journal via a subscription, whilst also making selected articles openly available if the authors pay something called an article processing charge, a fee, and that can be many thousands of pounds or dollars or whatever the local currency is, which is not an insignificant amount of money. This has led to accusations that publishers are actually exploiting the open access model and charging libraries and other institutions who pay twice, once for the subscription to all of the content and again for any open access payments for individual articles. When it was introduced, the hybrid model was sort of designed as a way to speed up the transition to open access whilst um, giving both publishers and researchers sort of what they wanted out of the process. But for reasons that we'll cover shortly, this hasn't necessarily been the case. The publishers of these journals do claim that mirror journals will help the move towards the wider adoption of open access across the world, as over time, more and more content is going to be made openly available until technically it all is. At this point, when... Um, most of the content is openly available. The two titles, so the original title and the one with the X at the end, the mirror journal, can merge back into one and become one completely open access journal. So that's the theory, but how does it actually work in practice? So say you have the Journal of Research, which is an established journal in its field and it's really popular with researchers who are looking to publish their work. It currently operates under a hybrid model, so it charges a subscription and APCs to make articles openly available via gold open access. The journal wants to encourage the move towards a wider adoption of open access, and they also want to avoid accusations of charging twice, which is something rather delightfully known as double dipping. 
So they set up the Journal of Research X to mirror their existing journal. And the Journal of Research X only publishes open access content. It's the same editorial board, same mission statement, same peer review process, same criteria for selection. So the quality of the research is all the same. At this point, the original journal of research will revert back to being subscription only. They won't offer open access. From the researcher point of view, all this should be completely seamless and they might not even be aware that it's going on. They're going to submit a paper to an editor as usual and it's sent out for review. So for both the Journal of Research and the Journal of Research X, it's the same editor and the same reviewers that get to see the submitted paper and they're working to the same standards. If the paper is accepted after the normal sort of peer review process, then the researcher needs to make a choice about whether they want to publish in the Journal of Research, the original one, and have their article paywalled, or whether they want to pay the fee and publish open access in the mirror title. So, of course, the choice might actually not be the researchers to make because of uh, different funder mandates around open access and um, sharing the work. But the important thing, I think, to stress here is that the decision about where to publish isn't made by the publisher. It's made by the researcher. So now we've uh, hopefully got a bit of a better idea what mirror journals are. Why do we actually need them? One of the main reasons involves uh, something called Plan S, which was a set of principles which was released in 2018 outlining how research outputs can be shared openly into the future. I'm just going to pause briefly and uh, briefly recap uh, Plan S just so that we're all coming at it from the same angle. So Plan S states that by 2020, scientific publications that result from research funded by public grants provided by the participating um, funders and research councils must be published in compliant open access journals or on compliant open access platforms. First thing to say about this is that they've already um, changed their minds and extended the deadline. So it's now by 2021, they've put everything forward a year, which is good news for those of us trying to prepare for Plan S. There are 10 key principles that make up the plan, but the um, one that really influences mirror journals is the principle that declares that hybrid open access models will no longer be compliant with the plan. This is a major problem for a lot of researchers because they all suddenly think that it means they're going to have less choice about where to publish because the titles that they normally publish in, that they might have to publish in, you know, to advance their career, are suddenly not going to be compliant with funder mandates and they're all having a big panic. So I think we need to look at why hybrid journals are such a problem. As I've said, these are the ones that operate the traditional subscription model but do offer authors the chance to make... Um, selected articles open access for a fee for something called an APC article processing charge. When these models were introduced, even the um, the person whose name I can't remember right now, but the person who came up with the model says they were meant to be a temporary measure. They were never meant to be a permanent thing. They were meant to be temporary to encourage um, publishers to flip to OA, but it hasn't actually gone to plan. Over the last few years, um, Publishers have been accused of using it as an excuse to basically get more money out of institutions because they're charging once for the subscription and once for the open access payment and they think they're onto a good thing. Instead of declining numbers of hybrid open access journals, as open access has become sort of a more popular and accepted route to publication, the number has actually gone up. But unfortunately, at the same time, 
most of the content in these journals is still published behind a paywall. It's not published open access. Current figures show that if the Plan S uh, mandate to uh, ban hybrid goes ahead, then 85% of these journals would be off limits to researchers who were looking to publish and were subject to Plan S um, principles. It's kind of hoped that mirror journals are going to fix this trend and make more titles accessible while sort of still increasing the general uptake of open access. That's the theory anyway. So those in favour of mirror journals, largely publishers, claim that not only can they help promote open access, but they also work at solving some of the problems with the current scholarly communication publishing system. One problem that they claim to fix is connected to issues around prestige and academic freedom, which are topics that you might have heard of before. When Plan S was first announced, as I said, there was quite a lot of backlash from researchers and they were focused on um, whether this would mean that suddenly the journals they wanted to publish in would be off limits. So we can debate the uh, the merits of the academic reward system, but that's probably for another time, rightly or wrongly at the minute. A lot of the reward system is tied to, to the prestige of the journal title that the researcher publishes in. Researchers are under a lot of pressure to publish in certain titles that are going to be widely read and therefore, in theory, get them lots of citations and lots of recognition. Even if they're not aiming for huge numbers, each discipline kind of has its own journals where researchers are expected to publish its own community publications. And if you don't publish in those, people in your own discipline aren't going to read your research because they only read these six titles or whatever. When Plan S mandated that hybrid journals weren't compatible, suddenly people got frightened that a lot of these titles would be inaccessible, which is obviously going to have an impact on their careers. If people in the discipline aren't reading the research, aren't able to see it, then they're going to have a problem. If a researcher was funded by a Plan S funder, then in theory, they might not be able to publish their work where they needed to, and they might have to look instead at smaller, more niche titles without such an established reputation. And again, they're worried about what this will do to things like their metrics and their chances of promotion. Mirror journals are sort of touted as one solution to this problem, as essentially they replicate the original journal title that the researcher needs or wants to publish in. They have the same scope, they've got the same editorial board, the same standards, quite crucially. So from a prestige point of view, it's basically the same thing. Publishers claim that this offers authors a gold route to open access and still allows them to publish in their community-favoured journal titles. Another um, plus of mirror journals is around issues of cost. So from the publisher point of view, setting up a mirror journal is relatively cheap which helps keeps their, keep their costs down, which in theory means that the costs won't get passed on to the researcher. Setting up a new title is a lot of uh, time, effort and money for a publisher. They have to go out and, and find and recruit people to actually run the journal. They need to set up new procedures and things like that. And obviously they need to do quite a lot of marketing so people know the journal titles out there. With um, mirror journals, essentially everything is kept the same. So same editorial board, same peer review process, same peer review software usually. All they have to do is set up a new title with an X at the end. So they don't even have to think up a new title. 
And then they have to have some kind of mechanism for accepting open access payments, which, to be honest, most of them already do have. A lot of publishers claim that they're going to have these journals are going to have cost benefits to institutions as well, as they're not going to be involved in double dipping anymore. So no more paying twice for the same content. Most of the mirror journals are going to be eligible for something known as read and publish deals, which aim to support open access while still giving publishers some income. So under these deals, an institution is going to pay the publisher an, an upfront fee once a year to cover the open access costs of all the articles it's going to publish in that journal based on sort of figures from previous years. So things um, it will publish gold open access, it's going to cover all those payments. If the corresponding author, so the kind of lead author of a paper, is at that institution that's paid this money, then they can publish gold open access in the publication at no extra cost because the fee's already been paid up front. And the institution will also get access to the subscription content of the journal as part of that deal. The idea is that over time, as more and more institutions take part in these agreements, the amount of open access content will grow and grow and grow until everything is open access, or at least most things. And then you won't need subscriptions anymore, in theory. New mirror journals are going to be eligible for these agreements, and publishers say that this is one thing that's going to really help the move towards wider adoption of open access. So for balance, I think we need to think about some of the criticisms of mirror journals. And somewhat ironically, most of these actually mirror the proposed benefits. So although mirror journals have been in part created to avoid issues caused by Plan S and offer researchers the sort of same level of choice over where to publish, it's also one of the major problems or barriers, if you like. The funders behind Plan S, as I've already said, don't accept mirror journals and they've actually explicitly stated that these journals are considered as hybrid publications and if we all remember hybrid publications are not eligible under Plan S so that kind of uh, puts a base on that one. Of course the guidelines around the implementation on Plan S are currently under review and they might change because they've already changed um, substantially with the uh, kind of feedback and things. But this, I think, is one aspect that's quite likely to stick, which does somewhat throw a spanner in the works and create more of a problem than it solves. There's also the issue of metrics. So we can argue over how metrics should be used, but much like prestige, the fact remains that the current academic system does reward those who publish in journals and with publishers who have a higher metric score. Mirror journals are designed to carry over some of this prestige to the new title in terms of the name and the reputation, but there's a bit of confusion about how this is actually going to work practically in terms of metrics. So the traditional metrics like the journal impact factor, they take a bit of time to build up, it's not instantaneous. And even newer metric measures like alt metrics are not quite as instant as people would often have you believe. So the publishers of Mirror Titles have said that, at least to start with, the two titles are going to have their own separate metric scores. And in the future, these might merge if the Mirror and Original title merge back into one. But at the minute, whilst everything is, is really uncertain, this doesn't help researchers who are under a lot of pressure to publish or perish in the most high-impact titles. So that could potentially be a problem into the future. Another argument for mirror journals is that they 
they help to avoid the need to create new smaller niche publications which are going to struggle to attract an audience so new open access publications in that field who are going to take time to build up reputation but mirror journals are still technically new titles they are separate from the original journals and there is a risk that the market for publications is going to start to get really crowded Although it's not likely to happen, if you imagine that every hybrid journal out there suddenly spawns a mirror title, you're going to have thousands and thousands and thousands of journals. Even if only a third did this, you're still looking at a really, really high number. The market is going to get really busy really quickly and either there's not going to be enough um, high quality research to go around, in which case do they start accepting things that maybe aren't that good just to fill their pages, or are they going to be completely overwhelmed by people wanting to publish? At the minute, we just don't know what's going to happen. But I think if it's the option where this, they're kind of stretched thin for research, then we might have to ask some serious questions about what this means for the quality of published academic research going forward. This kind of leads on to the final problem with mirror journals, which is connected to the issue of predatory publishers. Now, I know the term predatory publishers is a bit contentious, but it's the one that most people will recognize. These are publishers that um, kind of exploit the lack of understanding about open access to encourage researchers to publish their work in basically substandard titles in exchange for a fee. So they charge an, in quotes, open access payment, but they don't provide any of the services like peer review or editing that you would normally associate with this, which means that anyone can pay to publish anything and claim it's sound academic research, which is something that's obviously very dangerous for the quality of research going forward and research integrity generally. No one is suggesting for one minute that these mirror journals are in any way predatory publications. They are completely legitimate, but there is a danger that they might be mistaken for predatory publications. So one tactic that these kind of dodgy publishers have employed in the past is that they they clone the titles of legitimate journals to kind of um, trick researchers into publishing with them because they won't notice because the title is so similar or it's um, identical in some cases. If, and it's a, a big if, researchers have been listening to the messages we've been giving them about open access and predatory publishers over the last few years, they're going to be a bit confused when we suddenly start saying, well, you know that thing we told you where you don't publish in something unless you're absolutely sure it's the right title because it's ever so slightly different. Oh, well, but these ones you can and they're fine. And it's just the, the little head's going to explode. The other possibility, of course, is that predatory publishers themselves are going to kind of move on from exploiting open access and move on to exploiting mirror journals. So I think over the past few years, a lot of researchers and academics have come to understand more about open access, what it is, what you're actually paying for, that kind of thing. And the titles, the predatory titles that have essentially made their money conning researchers about open access are going to start to look for new targets and they might use this confusion about mirror journals to do this. So for this reason, I think it's really, really important that library staff know what mirror journals are, explain this to the researchers and, and talk about the kind of reasons behind it. So essentially everything we've covered in this podcast so far. So that's a kind of whistle-stop tour through all the potential advantages and uh, disadvantages of mirror journals. And I hope that 
gives you the tools to make up your own mind about whether you think they're positive or negative and whether it's going to have a good impact on open access or whether they're really going to be a problem. So I just wanted to wrap up with some tips on what you can do to help the researchers that you support in understanding Mirror Journal so you can at least avoid the issues that we've seen with the predatory publishers in the past. I think it's important to explain that even though they might have issues surrounding them, problems, mirror journals are legitimate publications. So what we just talked about in terms of predatory publishers and people taking advantage, we need to make sure that uh, researchers understand that these are legitimate. They do have it's the same editorial board and the same standards and they do publish decent research. If um, the researcher publishes open access with them, then it will incur a fee, but they are getting what they pay for, essentially, in contrast to predatory publishers who just take the money and run. Researchers will also need to understand that currently, as it stands, under the Plan S proposals, publishing in mirror journals would not make them compliant with their funder if their funder is uh, related to Plan S. I think time will tell what happens with the implementation. At the minute, Plan S is very much a set of principles. There's no guidelines for implementation. And at the moment, a lot of things are still developing. So they've just put uh, the plan out for comment and they're just collating um, the comments as I record this podcast. However, the team behind Plan S have made it pretty clear that um, they're set on avoiding hybrid publications and that they consider mirror journals as um, kind of the wolf in sheep's clothing, the hybrid publication in disguise. So I hope uh, this podcast has given you some tools and techniques and some at least some information about what mirror journals are and um, how they can be used by researchers. As always, thanks for listening and I will see you on the next podcast. Mm-hmm.